0: CHAPTER Nine OF THE BROWNIES AND PRINCE FLORIMEL BY PALMER COX THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY JUDE SUMMERS THE COMPACT WITH VULCAN OVER THE SEA DRAGONFELL THE ENCHANTER WAITED WITH INCREASING IMPATIENCE FOR THE HUMAN OCTOPUS TO RETURN WITH WHATEVER INFORMATION HE MIGHT GLEAN IN HIS PROWLING, SNEAKING MANNER when his grotesque emissary did not put in a prompt appearance he grew more surly and ill-humoured than ever he vented his rage upon the poor little mind sprites by increasing their working hours and decreasing their allowance of carrot tops and potato skins whenever he spoke to his followers their knees knocked together with fright at no time was he gentle but when he was particularly violent which was nearly always He was a very bad person, who could be well avoided. So he became even crankier and crosser-grained than ever, till all around him quaked with fear. He wondered why the human octopus did not come back, and his inexplicable delay filled him with ungovernable fury. "'He's not attending to business,' he said, grinding his teeth with rage." instead of snooping he's just going around and having a good time but wait till he comes back and i'll show him as he spoke these words he happened to be in his throne room and he went to the open window to look out it was a wild terrible night but the worse the weather was the more dragonfell liked it the lightning zigzagged all over the inky black sky The thunder roared, the wind howled, and the rain beat down in slanting torrents. Vulcan must have some little job on hand, Dragonfell pondered as he returned to his throne. Scarcely had he done so when there came a sudden fierce gust of wind that blew the red spirit through the window right to his very feet, where he cringed and grovelled and fawned in the most abject manner. How now, you rogue! roared Dragonfell above the storm. Where have you been, and what has kept you? Why have you not returned as you went? Answer, villain, or it will go hard with you. I will have you strung up by the fingertips, till your toes barely touch the ground, and beaten by a thousand and one whips. Oh master, kind master gasped the red spirit, trying to catch his breath. Wonderful things have I seen, and wonderful things have I to tell you So incredible are they that you may not believe me, yet I do assure you most positively that what I am about to relate is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I would never have believed them myself had I not seen them with my own eyes. Omit all this long unnecessary preamble, growled Dragonfell in great disgust, and get down to hard facts. What have you discovered?' THE BROWNIE PRINCE IS TO WED THE FAIRY QUEEN." DRAGONFELL'S FACE WENT FROM SCARLET TO WHITE, AND THEN FROM WHITE TO SCARLET, THEN BACK TO WHITE, THEN TO SCARLET AGAIN, JUST LIKE THE FLASHING OF A VERY COLORED ELECTRIC SIGN. HOW DO YOU KNOW? HE ASKED, TRYING TO CONTROL HIS TEMPER. WHO TOLD YOU? NO ONE, SAID THE TREMBLING RED SPIRIT. I saw him place an engagement ring on her finger. "'Well,' declared Dragonfell, in a tone of the utmost brutality, "'if they are planning to get married, all I've got to say is they've got another guess coming.' "'Who will prevent the marriage, kind master?' "'I will prevent it,' irascibly shouted the enchanter, and he clapped his hands together in an imperious way. "'What ho without there? Here's a pretty kettle of fish. Come here instantly!' Grouthead, Mandrake, Bounding Boar, Wolf finger, Snout Pimple, and others were out in an anteroom, and they almost tumbled over each other in their frantic haste to answer the peremptory summons. "'Put on your storm-cloaks immediately,' ordered Dragonfell. "'I want you to come with me to Vulcan's.' It's a terrible night to be out, kind master, ventured Grouthead, with a shudder. There came a flash of lightning and a crash of thunder more terrifying than any that had gone before. What's the matter with the night? snapped Dragonfell. I don't see anything wrong with it. I call this particularly pleasant weather. Yes, it's all right now, Grouthead hastened to say. So, in their long flowing cloaks, they all sloshed out in the wind and the rain, while the hearts of those who followed after the enchanter quaked and quailed as they plunged on through the pitch-black darkness of the night. The wind howled and shrieked with increasing fury, the lightning grew sharper, and the peals of thunder more deafening, so that their eyes were nearly blinded, and their eardrums rang. Now, not so very far from Dragonfell's palace, Vulcan, whom they had set forth to see, had his cavern. It was a very modest establishment indeed, considering the prodigious results that he achieved, and the wonder was that in such cramped quarters, and with so few to aid him in his work, he could do as much as he did. The cavern was down by the sea, in among huge rocks and boulders, and over the door, In very modest lettering was the business sign Vulcan god of fire inside was a forge with bellows such as any country blacksmith has and here Vulcan manufactured earthquakes and volcanoes at will he could create seismic disturbances all over the world in a trice throw Vesuvius into hysterical contraptions or make things suddenly red-hot in Mexico or the british honduras his wares were known in every quarter of the globe and he didn't even so much as advertise on this particular night he stood as usual at his forge a great big husky bearded fellow in a red flannel undershirt bared at his brawny hairy chest and with sleeves rolled up almost to his shoulders to give the tremendous muscles of his arms full play he wore a round leather cap and had on a leather apron tied to his burly waist by leather thongs things needed touching up a bit and he was getting busy where are those lazy prentices of mine he roared in rumbling tones as he pumped the bellows while the flames in the forge leapt higher and higher spry flash nimble twist and the rest of you where are you i say "'Has my voice grown so weak, you rogues, that you cannot hear me? "'Come hither this instant!' "'From all directions in response to the angry summons "'came imps in red attire that fitted their lithe, supple bodies "'as snugly as the skins of eels. "'They somersaulted down the chimney, "'popped up like jack-in-the-boxes from the earthen floor, "'and described parabolas through the air from the cavern ceiling.' grouping themselves humbly on their knees before their irate master, with their arms supplicatingly extended. "'Here at last are you,' again roared Vulcan. "'And none too soon either. Where have you been, imps, idling your time away? Quick, heap coals on, all of you, or the fire will be out.' Forthwith they flung balls of living fire into the forge, and— as vulcan pumped away at the bellows he burst out in lusty song when the flames leaped high from the crater to the sky i roll up my sleeves with delight when the strongest buildings rock to the awful earthquake's shock the trembling millions all confess my might the lightning flashed the thunder crashed and over all the storm was heard a voice calling Vulcan! Vulcan stopped work, while his imps crept stealthily toward the door to listen. "'Is Vulcan at his forge?' was shouted in the wind and rain outside, with the accompaniment of a terrific knock on the door. "'Who dares disturb me on my busy night?' cried Vulcan, in a towering passion. "'It is I, Dragonfell, the enchanter,' said the voice placatingly. What brings you here? asked Vulcan. I come on business of great import, mighty Vulcan. Enter then, and be brief, said Vulcan, with scant hospitality. Remember, I have work to do. Dragonfell and his followers thereupon appeared in the doorway, and came forward escorted by the imps, who evinced the greatest curiosity in the strange rain-soaked visitors. When they were within respectful distance of Vulcan, the enchanter sank on one knee before him, and the rest immediately followed his example. "'Why have you sought me out?' demanded Vulcan, with distrust and suspicion on his seamed, rugged face, as he sharply eyed them. "'Oh, Vulcan,' spoke Dragonfell, in smooth, oily tones, "'powerful as I am, I acknowledge you, my master.' "'Who else can match you in your wondrous strength?' "'You've come for a favor,' grunted the other. "'Well, out with it.' "'I wish to tell you about the brownies.' "'What about the brownies?' "'There is to be a marriage in Fairyland. "'The brownie prince is to wed the fairy queen.' "'Bah! How does this concern me?' "'It should concern you. Listen, Vulcan.' There is no authority for such a marriage in all the annals of mythology. The words created a deep impression upon Vulcan. "'No authority?' he repeated slowly, as though he were mentally digesting what he had just heard. "'Are you sure of this?' "'There is none, I tell you,' insisted Dragonfell emphatically. "'It is enough to arouse the anger of the high and mighty gods.' My own power will be diminished, if not lost, should this union take place. "'Are you using any measures to prevent it?' asked Vulcan thoughtfully. "'I,' was Dragonfell's decided response. "'I am going across the sea with these followers of mine to interfere. "'Can I rely on your powerful aid, should I need it?' "'How can I help you?' If I call upon you, will you convulse the earth and rouse to fury the slumbering volcano? Trust me for that, cried Vulcan, beginning to pump the bellows. The element of fire is still my own, to use at will. A lightning bolt hurled itself right in their very midst, and the resultant thunderclap brought Dragonfell and his followers to their feet in sudden alarm. Enough! cried Dragonfell exultingly. It is a compact, then. Here is my hand on it, said Vulcan, and he crushed that of the enchanter in his grimy fist. Spry, flash, nimble, and twist, my crafty imps, shall go with you. Through them appeal to me. But what do you propose to do? I have a plan, and a good one, too, said Dragonfell, in a confidential manner. You can depend upon it, "'Rats will eat the wedding cake.' "'Vulcan's fancy was so tickled "'that he laughed hilariously, "'and Dragonfell made bold "'to slap him in a familiar way "'upon the back. "'Ho, ho, ho, Vulcan chuckled. "'So rats will eat the wedding cake, eh?' "'Yes,' Dragonfell went on. "'We're going to the wedding, "'gain their confidence with fine presents, "'and then—' "'Yes,' said Vulcan, "'very much interested.' And then? Dragonfell leaned over and whispered something in Vulcan's ear, which caused him to start back in surprise. No! he involuntarily exclaimed. Do you think you can do it? If Florimel and Titania could have heard the diabolical plan of the enchanter, all the happiness would have vanished from their hearts. End of chapter nine.